just a moment. Um, Brother Urshan is ministering in Maryland this week, and he will be back with us this weekend. Um, I was looking at my calendar on Monday, and I noticed that it's already August. I'm not exactly sure how that came to pass. Um, I have heard... I have heard words spoken that school has started for some folks, um, which I find to be very painful, yet I have been away from school for some time now, and uh, every time you go into the department store and see all the back-to-school stuff, I kind of get a little queasy, and uh, uh, I used to have awful dreams of going back to school, um, and uh, I'm glad that those days have passed. Amen. Amen. This morning, uh, Desiree took her uh, nephews to their school to get books and whatnot squared away for the um, coming school year. And uh, it was the same school that she had attended. <laughs> and uh, she said, it still smells the same. <laughs> and, uh, and some of the old teachers are still there. And when she left, she felt sick to her stomachs too. And uh, would just as soon not go back there anymore. And I would tend to agree with her. So I'm sorry, guys. You got to go back to school here in a little bit. I feel bad for you, but eventually those days will pass. If you study, <laughs> if you study, those days will pass. If not, they might not, but uh, anyway. We're going to look to the word of the Lord this evening. I'd like to turn your attention tonight to the book of Hebrews. We're going to look at chapter 11, which likely is a, a chapter when we hear uh, mentioned, we immediately uh, begin to recognize some of the um, stories, little snippets of, of life events for um, heroes of the faith that we know and love and cherish and receive encouragement from. Uh, so we want to take some time and look into the word of the Lord this evening, uh, and we'll be going through, amen, the first part of this um, chapter in the book of the Bible. Hebrews chapter 11, we'll begin looking this evening at chapter, or at verse 13 rather, and then we will uh, kind of start from the beginning after that. These all died in faith, not having received the promises but having seen them afar off, and were persuaded of them, and embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. And truly, if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out of, so if all they thought about was where they had came from, and the land that they could see visibly around them, then they might not have had opportunity um, they might have had opportunity to have returned. They could have gone back to the place that they knew and loved and cherished on this earth. But now they desire a better country that is in heavenly, wherefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he hath prepared them for a city. It was by faith that many of these individuals that we'll talk about here in just a little bit did what they were able to do, but but our faith, of course, is in God. But, but what is the end result? Have you ever stopped to consider what is the end result of your faith? Okay, we say we have faith in God. We put our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. But, but what does that ultimately lead to? What does that ultimately mean? And that's something that I would like to spend some time uh, speaking about this evening. It's a result that is not lasting on this earth, but it will provide us with a great deal of benefit in the hereafter. When we leave this earth, it will have a great eternal impact. Amen. If we go back up to the beginning of, of Hebrews, we're just going to go through these real quick. I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time. I don't envision us being here uh, past three or four hours tonight. Um, not even close. 
At the beginning, Hebrews chapter 11, just going to talk about these real quickly. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it, the elders obtained a good report. Through faith, our confidence in God, through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. He took nothing and created everything we know to be in existence, okay? Man can do what he wants. He can make little test tube babies, and he can, he can craft things the way he wants, but, but man can't do anything without starting from somewhere. Man can't take nothing. He can't take the air and create something out of that. It was already created by somebody, all right? So by faith, we know that God made these things come to pass. He made these things become able, or become possible. By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice, not that what he knew, not necessarily that, that what he did was special, but he obeyed God. God said, I want to sacrifice, and that sacrifice does not involve fruits and vegetables. It involves a sacrificial lamb. It involves blood being shed because of sin that entered the world. So Abel, by faith, offered this unto God. This was a sacrifice for him. This was something that he did by faith in God because Lambs and, and livestock, that was your livelihood. That was your source of income. That was your source of food. And uh, was very costly to, to have an animal and take care of them. So he did that. He offered that to God. By which obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by it he being dead yet speaketh. By faith, Enoch was translated, beam me up, Scotty. That's what he said. And God said, yes, sir, here we go. Hang on. By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. He had faith in God, and because he had faith in God, he pleased him. He did what he asked of him. He did what was expected of him. But without faith, it is impossible to please him for he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. A lot of people out there looking for a lot of different stuff. And they might hang on to it for a minute. Okay, if you have a child, you know that they might be interested in a toy for two minutes tops. They're searching for something. They don't know what it is, but they're looking but if we will diligently seek the Lord, people are looking all around trying to find something that will see them through, something that will sustain them, something that will provide them with the answers that they're looking for. But if we will diligently seek him, great things can happen. We can have faith, and God can do mighty things through us and through our life and our confidence in him. By faith, Noah, being rewarded of God of these things not yet seen, it had never rained. It was a foreign concept. Nobody had ever experienced that. Moses out of nowhere says, hey, I'm going to build a big old ship. And if you go down to Kentucky, you can see a replica of it. I have not been there yet, but I hope to get there someday soon. Build a ship, Noah. Do something crazy. Let all of your town make fun of you and, and ridicule you for, for this act of faith that you have put out there, that you put yourself out there, man. I'm telling you, years spent building this ship with his family for an event that had never happened before. Rain had never come down from the earth. Yet Moses did it by faith. Warned of God, of things not yet seen, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world 
and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed. Never been there before. Didn't really know where he was going, but he went by faith. God said, Abraham, I've got some place you have to go. I can't tell you where it is exactly now, but, but start walking in this direction, and I'll reveal it to you. I'll show you the way once we get there. By, by faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed, and he went out not knowing whither he went. By faith, he sojourned in the land of promise as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob and heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked for a city with half foundations whose builder and maker is God. Through faith, also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed. This was not possible. She was at an age in life where this was not going to happen anymore. The course of time had taken its toll on her body, and this childbearing was out of the question as far as she was concerned. Yet her prayer, amen, to bear seed for Abraham, the promised child that, that God had promised to him, came to pass because Sarah placed her faith in God, Amen. And by faith, she was able to conceive, amen, this child when she was past age. Because she judged him faithfully who had promised. She judged him faithfully who had promised. And therefore sprang there even one. And him as good as dead, so many as the stars of the sky in multitude, and as the sand which is by the seashore innumerable. The ultimate end result of all these individuals, these are incredible stories. I mean, flooding the earth, epic, epic stuff. I mean, just crazy good stuff that happened by faith in God. Somebody said, beam me up, Scotty, before anybody wrote a Star Wars or Star Trek movie line. Beam me up, Scotty, let's go. And there was Enoch. He was gone. He was translated, translated from this earth. By faith, all these things happened, but the end result of their faith wasn't necessarily that he got translated. It wasn't necessarily that he saved his family, although that was great. Noah saved his family because of the obedience that he exhibited into what God had promised him. But the ultimate end of, of their faith I would like to share this evening was contained in the last few portions of Scripture that we read earlier. Verse 13, these all died in faith. They came and gone. Enoch had his time. Cain and Abel had their time. Noah, Abraham, and so on. They had their time. They died. They're off the scene now. They're not here with us anymore. They didn't see the promise. They couldn't see it, not having received the promises, but they could see them a long way off. They could see the promised child that was coming. They could see, amen, what the end result of their faith would be. And because they had just a little glimpse of what was coming, they were persuaded of them and embraced them and confess that they were strangers and pilgrims on this earth. Strangers and pilgrims on this earth. For they that say such things declare plainly that they see a country, and that country is the end result of our faith. And truly, if they had been mindful of the country from whence they came from, if they would have been more concerned with Cincinnati than they were concerned with the country that God had created for them, they could have gone back. God didn't say you have to you have to wait here. You, you can't come yet. But they saw. They caught a glimpse of it. They caught just a little taste of what was to come. And they became convinced of the power of God in the ways that he was making for them. 
but now they desire a better country, that is, an heavenly country, wherefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he hath prepared them, he hath prepared for them a city. It was by faith that all these individuals did these things. Faith in God. It meant great things that happened. But their faith ultimately led to one end result, okay? Our faith ultimately leads, ultimately leads to one end result that we're all hoping for, that we all aim to do and get to and be, and that is a place that the Bible refers to as a place where moth and rust, it doesn't corrupt there. Earthly things that will eat away at your car, the salt they put out on the road in the wintertime will tear your car apart, okay? Same thing happens to your clothes. You can have the nicest tailored suit if you want, you know, nicest shoes, whatever. Eventually, they're going to wear out unless you put them in a perfectly controlled environment where they just have their exact amount of humidity and the exact right amen, situation where they're going to last. They're going to corrupt. They're going to pass away. They're going to go away from this earth. They're not going to be here anymore, okay? When you find something that's, that's from ages past, it's, it's an incredible find, right? Archaeological digs, they find all these neat and cool things that have been buried in the earth and have been not exposed to the elements as other things have and have passed away in that same amount of time. Likewise, it's true of heaven. It's a place where moth and rust cannot corrupt. It's a place where God says well, you can lay your treasures up there, right? You can lay your treasures up in heaven. And when you put your treasures in that place, thieves can't go there, church. Thieves can't steal your joy there. Thieves can't take your healing away. Thieves can't come in and destroy, amen, the way that you have planned and the way that God has for you. They can't break in. They can't take it. They can't steal it. There's no way for them to do anything to you when you enter into that heavenly place, that heavenly place. And that's where our faith is taking us, church. Our faith has an end result. Our faith has a place where it's taking us, and it's a place called heaven. The Bible also says that when you treasure that place, that's where your heart's going to be. So if your heart is kind of elsewhere and you, you, you're in line with, with lots of other things in this earth that, that have become more important to you, and that you long for, that you desire, that you want to be involved with, and your heart is not where it should be, well, then I don't really necessarily think that your treasure has been placed there yet. And I'm here to encourage the body of Christ to get your treasure where it belongs up into heavenly places. Amen. You know, it's a place that, that John attempted to describe for us. He did his very best. He penned eloquent words about how beautiful it was there and how amazing and incredible this place would be that we are destined to go where our faith is taking us, right? Streets of gold, and gold that's clear. I've never seen clear gold before, but that's how he described it. Is it going to be clear gold? I don't really think it is, to be honest. I think it's going to be so much more incredible than that, but that's all John had, the words that John could come up with to pen to explain heaven to us, but it's going to be so much better. It's going to be so much more wonderful, so much more wonderful we can't even possibly grasp all the splendor and beauty that there will be in that place where our faith is taking us, that place called heaven. I mean, the very mention of the word heaven, I mean, and we get little cherub wings that sprout out of our back, right, and we start floating around, and, and we're excited to go there, and that's a wonderful thing. Several years ago, we started a little tradition, I think that my wife had when they were 
um, younger, but she would make some little pies, just nothing super grand, just a, a graham cracker crust, and she would put uh, lemon pudding and chocolate pudding and make little lemon and chocolate pies. And we would, they would, her and the kids would go out and, and take them to, you know, some people that were shut in or that were special to us or whatever. And if you didn't get one, don't feel bad. We can't get everybody. But we asked the boys, a gentry specifically, we asked them what, what the lemon pie tasted like to him. And he said that it tasted like heaven. The lemon pie tasted like heaven. Like heaven. And while all these things are true, while all these things about heaven are accurate and true, if we're really honest, if we really look inside and we really, really honestly will say and admit we have an awful lot of attachment to this world. We have an awful lot of attachment to this old earth. And this was only ever created as a very, very temporary dwelling place for mankind. This is not where we belong. This is not where we're going. This is not the end result. Amen. This is not the place where everything ends. This is only a temporary little place where we are at for just a short little while. And one of the clearest evidences of this is our attachment to a place we call home. A place we call home. I have lots of wonderful memories from my home. Lots of wonderful memories of growing up. I understand that that's not necessarily the case for everybody. And if that's you tonight, I'm, I'm very sorry. And I, I wish that that was not the case for you. But, but for, for a lot of people, home has such wonderful memories for us. Wonderful, lasting childhood memories. And then one time when I was at home, I thought it would be a good idea when I was bebopping down the road to stick my foot between the fork of the bike and the tire. I'm here to tell you it was not a good idea. I flipped end over end multiple times and couldn't sit down for a good long piece. It was not a good idea. And you likewise have similar memories, amen, that hurt at the time, but when you look back on them now, they are pretty funny. They are pretty funny. How many would go back just one more time? Just one more time you would go back to the home where you grew up just to smell mom's cooking one more time. Amen, that loaf of bread that she baked and put in the oven, that, that special cookie or dessert that you liked, or that meal that was your favorite. Or, or what if you could just go back one more time, Brother John, and hear your dad sing? Just one more time. You would give anything to do that. You would give anything to experience that all over again. And that is the special place that home has in our hearts and in our minds. And I'm here to remind you tonight that you can be attached to your home, and that's wonderful. I am too. I love that, and that's great. But at, when push comes to shove, you can take my house and you can get rid of my house. You can burn it down because my treasure has not been laid up on this planet Earth. But my treasure has been laid up somewhere far beyond the blue. I have yet to see it. I can't really fully explain it yet, but I know I want to go there. I mean, it's a place I'm looking for. It's a place that I desire to go. Amen. If you're a parent here tonight, I would encourage you, amen, to make sure that you get things right at home. There are lasting memories that are being formed every day, every day. And I can't stand up here before you and say that I've always gotten it right because I haven't either. But we all need to do our best to get it right because those are lasting memories, amen, that our little ones are going to have. You know, you can put in 70 hours a week if you want. And if you need to to make ends meet, then it's what you got to do. But if you're just doing it to buy them a few more toys, why don't you back off about 10 hours 20 hours a week and, and spend a little more time with them. 
Amen. The little toy will pass away. They'll pitch it. Trust me, they'll pitch it. I know. I picked up more toys in my day than I care to admit. But I didn't work the extra 70 hours uh, for it. Um, but anyway, <laughs> important memories that we're making, important memories that we're making for our children. The time spent when we enjoy one another, enjoy one another's company, amen, visiting. You know, we've watched a number of TV shows. Likely all of us have spent a good amount of time in front of the TV. And not one of those times has been particularly memorable to me. But I can remember times over Christmas break and over the summertime where we would go for a bike ride, me and my mom and dad. There was one time we went on at least a 10, 20-mile bike ride. I went around a back road and back to my grandmother's house and back to ours again. Wonderful memories that I have in my life. Time in front of the tube, amen, is not, amen, always going to be the best memories. But it's these interactions that we have with one another. These interactions where we would go out and visit people. I mean, that's a lost art, is it not? Just pop in on people. My Lord, if somebody popped in on us, we would give them the stink eyes so quick. And call and give me three weeks' notice that you were coming over so I could primp and clean. Amen. These memories of home, memories that we all cherish. And despite all the ways that life changes us personally as individuals, and despite all of the ways that time will affect an edifice that you considered home, there's something that's there. There's something inside of me that's pulling me back to the place of my birth, the place where I grew up, the place of my childhood. There's a place that's drawing me. There's a place that's calling me back there. Remember when I was there recently in the past couple of years visiting, our neighbor to the left of us had decided he was going to be a Christmas tree farmer, and it was mostly used as a, a um, tax deduction um, that really annoyed my dad, and they got in little spats over that, but that's a side conversation. But anyway, we were back there this couple of years ago, and I've been gone 18 years in, in August is how long I've been gone, so I mean, it's been a good long while since I had been there. And do you know, there is an incredible forest in the 10 feet span between our house that I grew up in and our neighbor's house now. They let the trees grow, and they're like 30 feet tall now. It's just crazy. Time will change everything. Time will change my outlook on life. Time will change the way your edifice looked that you considered home. Amen. And there's even something that we call homesickness. There's something that we call homesickness. Like I said, I've been gone for 18 years now away from the place of my birth, the place where I grew up. But I still get homesick. There are times, doesn't happen very often, but every now and then, every few years, get a little homesick. It's a sickness that no medicine can cure, and it's a sickness that no herb or vitamin can prevent. And the only thing that you can do for that kind of sickness, there is but one cure for homesickness, folks. It's to get back to that place where home was, right? You have to get back to that place where homesickness was. What would happen if Ashley Dixon got homesick for heaven? What would happen if Tom Rockland got homesick for heaven? What would happen if, if Dale and Gabe Duvall got homesick for heaven? What would happen if I got homesick for heaven? What would happen to Cincinnati if the first apostolic church got homesick for heaven, 
What, what, what if you just couldn't help it? I mean, there was a sickness down in your heart to get in the presence of God. And that's as close as we're going to get to heaven here on earth, folks. And if I can get myself in the presence of God, if I can cure my homesickness by getting in the presence of God, then I mean to tell you tonight that there's nothing that can stop the first apostolic church in the year 2016, in the year 2017, and for 50 years to come. If we will get in the presence of God, if we will sustain ourselves from this homesickness by being in the presence of God, there is is nothing there is nothing that can stop the first apostolic church hallelujah you know one of the problems that we have or one of the problems that a lot of folks have is they have a timeshare mentality when it comes to God and the things of God and, and being involved with church and and what I mean with that is 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 somebody has harassed them into going to church right nobody just goes out and buys a timeshare they twist your arm I've been to one of those things. I am not going back, I can promise you. They promised me a free cruise, and I never saw a drop of water. Timeshare mentality. They only come because mom twisted their arm. They used to come as a kid, but, but they got too big for church, right? I got too cool and too big for church, too big for God. Timeshare mentality when it comes to being involved with God. You know, it's something that you do. You go and you use up your time, right, because you paid for it. You give a little money in the offering, right? So I'll go and stay for one service. And you get your time in and you fill your quota. And you're never going to get anywhere in the kingdom of God. You're never going to get anywhere with your experience with God if you're going into it with a timeshare mentality. Amen. That's not the way to go into it. Or there are folks that go into it with a renter's mentality, right? They go into it with a renter's mentality. You know, where, where it's never really yours. You just keep paying, but... At the end, there's, there's no end to the paying, right? You just keep paying. It's never really yours. You, you never really commit. You never really sign on the dotted line necessarily to, to make something officially yours. You're only using it for a little while, right? Or where someone else does the maintenance, you have a problem with your sink leaks, right? Somebody else does the maintenance. Somebody else takes care of the grounds. Okay, mom or dad's praying for me, but I don't need to pray. I'm too busy. I'm too busy to pray. Got a renter's mentality when it comes Amen, to being involved with the Lord Jesus Christ. And you enjoy it for a while, and when an issue comes up, or you don't quite right, something doesn't set you just right with, with that, you leave, you take off, right? If you don't, if they don't, if Landor doesn't do your right at your apartment, you leave, right? You don't stay there for years at a time, right? Anybody? You just stay there with the cockroaches that they won't take care of? No, you leave, right? So I'm not dealing with this anymore. Got a renter's mentality. But what if folks, what if folks, what if the church, what if the church, what if people when they came into the house of God could take on an owner's mentality when it came to the Lord God and when it came to salvation and when it came to the church? If we, we took an owner's mentality, right, to being involved, they will have bought into what's going on, right? When you purchase a house, when you purchase a piece of property, it's an investment, right? And you want to get the most out of your investment, right? 
So I don't want to come into the church with a timeshare mentality. I don't want to come into the church with a renter's mentality. But I want to come in to the church with an owner's mentality. This is where I live. This is my primary residence. This is where I set up shop. This is where my kids are going to grow up. This is where my kids are going to have memories. This is where the life of my family is going to be changed. This is where I'm going to be sustained. This is where God's going to keep me. This is where God's going to provide for me. My every need from, from shoes on up to a T-bone steak if I want it. I'm going to invest in the kingdom of God. I'm going to plant my roots in the kingdom of God. I'm going to take ownership in my church and become involved in the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. An owner, when he purchases a piece of property, when he purchases land, he's diligent to take care of it because he's spending his hard-earned money on that piece of property. He's spending his hard-earned money on that piece of property, and he wants to get a return on his investment, right? God's got all kinds of stuff here for you tonight. You can come in. You can walk out, okay? You can get your timeshare in. You can spend your three, four minutes here and let somebody else come in and take your place next time, or you can get into the kingdom of God. You can get into the church. You will not find a better church in Cincinnati. I'm here to tell you right now, you will not find a better church in Cincinnati than the First Apostolic Church. But you can come in and you can get your money's worth, folks. You invest in the kingdom of God. And I'm here. He's got blessings to pour out on you. He's got ways that he will make for you. He will provide for you. He will forgive you of your sins. Amen. He will wash you clean. He will make a way for you to get to heaven if you will get ownership in the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You see value in what's going on because you've invested in the kingdom of God. And when you put your money where your mouth is, you want to make sure that you get return on what you have invested in. And the best part of all of that is Jesus has paid the price for everything. He has paid the price for everything. But if we will get in sync with Jesus Christ, if we will get in the boat with Jesus, amen, he will calm every storm. Amen. If we will get in the boat with Jesus, he will build us a 3,000-seat auditorium, and we will reach our community if we will get in tune with Jesus Christ and take some ownership in our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. 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 If we would take some ownership in the kingdom of God, amen, and say, I want to be there, Lord God. Amen, I want what you have for me. I'm here. I'm committed. I want to be with you. I want to do, amen, whatever you have for me in my life. What could happen? What could happen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. As you can imagine, I mean, a lot of my sentiments regarding this particular message is uh, particularly poignant at this point in time because of all the transitions that we're going through. We have recently become cave dwellers. We live in basements all across the country. We can find a basement. We just go there and we sleep there, and that's where we live. We're living with our in-laws right now, my wife's uh, mom and, and stepdad, and I'm here to report that everything is going just great. It really, truly is. And... Um, some would have said that that is not possible, but it is going just fine. Now, if I had six more months left on this lease, I might not be saying the same thing. 
But uh, as it stands currently, things are going very well. Things are going very well. Home has uh, become something that I have been thinking of and considering for some weeks now. This past Thursday was a month that we had been gone for our, from our house that we, uh, our first house together that we owned, um, where all of our kids grew up until that point. Uh, eight and a half years we lived there. So home is something that I've really been considering a lot of. I've really been thinking about it. And to be truthful, the worst uh, kind of thing or the, the most worrisome thing going into all of this missions you know, venture that we are, are aiming to get into was the cut to ties for our family and from our house, right? Because this is where our kids had grew up. This is where we had, you know, invested, you know, eight years in a mortgage and, and, and all those things. And I was worried how it was going to pan out ultimately. And uh, I figured, you know, for sure that this was just going to be an incredibly hard thing to go through and that, that it would be super challenging and, and, um, you know, I just wanted it to go well. I just, I just didn't want this to become something that, that our kids ended up being bitter about because we took them away from their friends in the neighborhood. We took them away from familiar surroundings, and not that they're not familiar with their grandmother's house, but, you know, we didn't live there, obviously. Um, so I was concerned. I'll just throw it out there. I was worried that things were not going to go well. I just, I didn't know. I, I wasn't sure what to expect. And we got a buyer, and, and that was great. We were thankful for that. And um, they started making some demands for repairs, some requests for repairs. Demands may be a little strong word. Um, for repairs on our house. And um, so we aimed to do um, what they had asked us to do and, and kind of um, got messed up with a, with a contractor that didn't really do the best they could have done. And so we got down to D-Day, and things were kind of still up in the air whether or not we were going to go through because they weren't satisfied with what had been done. And we were in such, you know, a rip and tear trying to get stuff out and do everything that, that I didn't even have a chance to go in and look at the repair that, that we had paid for, that they had requested be done, uh, to verify it. Um, and so, you know, I'm thinking, my Lord, we cannot go into this on, literally, it was down to the last day whether or not it was going to go through. Um, and so, it's challenging. <laughs> I mean, we're trying to get out of here, you know. This is, we're trying to do God's work and, and be used in the kingdom and all these things. And, and um, here they are making all these demands of us. And what are we going to do with this? We don't, you know, we're not made of money. We don't have an endless supply of cash flow to just redo, you know, a whole house for them to make it, the way we wanted it when we moved in and said we were going to do all these things that only three, you know, a third of items got done that we had thought or dreamt of. And so I took, I'm saying all these things to say I believe it was only by the grace of God that, that we had all these frustrating situations come up along the line. And it really allowed us to cut ties. We were frustrated. We just wanted to be done. Okay, just sign on the dotted line. We'll do whatever it takes within reason. We're just we want to be done. So we get down to the night before, and uh, we had left some things back, obviously, because we, we had to stay there. 
Uh, we left our mattress, of course, and the kids had a blow-up mattress and some clothes and whatever. The stuff that we were taking, going to take to France with us, we kept back at the house that we were going to transport over to Desiree's um, folks' house to, to take with us. And so last night there, we, we prayed together as a family, as, as our custom, every night. And um, we all shed some tears. And the next morning, we quickly realized that we had kept way more back than we thought we had kept back. And so we ended up having to make two trips with uh, van and trailer in order to get our stuff uh, all out in time. So, I mean, we didn't even, I mean, we were running. Literally, we were running from the moment we woke up until 3 p.m. when we had to run and drop off. I mean, a little girl that Desiree was watching. And then we had to get from Landon down to uh, Hyde Park in order to sign paperwork. And uh, God just cleaned it up. God just made a way. And he was able to, to cut the ties for us and make it easy for us to disconnect. And it wasn't even a difficult circumstance at all. It wasn't a hard situation to go through at all. You know why? Because God just does that. God makes a way, right? When you're his child, when you have prayed and when you have sought him and you're desiring to do his will, he just works those things out. And I don't know why we spend so much time worrying and fretting over things that God has already taken care of, that God has already worked out. Will you place it in his hands tonight? Can you place it in his hands and, and just give it over to him and let him do, amen, what he knows how to do best? We live in function in this world that we're in. Is that correct, right? We don't have a choice. This is our option. We're here for the time that God has allowed us to be here. Amen. Some may only be here for uh, a few years, and some may be blessed with many decades of life. Um, this past year, or this past May, my grandmother turned 101. Amen. She's still going strong. Um, a little stiff and doesn't stand up a whole lot anymore, but my Lord, she has served her time well, I would say. Um, so we have this time on earth, right? We've been given this a lot of time to be here. And my main point that I'm trying to get across tonight, in case you haven't caught my drift yet, is this is not your home. This is not where you were meant to be. This is not the end result of all that you're going through. That hell that you're going through right now, don't let that hell cloud your sight of Jesus Christ. I mean, he's there through it all. He is there through it all. I mean, I have good times, and I've had bad times. I mean, God has been there every step of the way, and he will always, amen, make a way for us. We're only here, but just for a little while. But just for a little while. If you could remember that, amen, tomorrow when the job gets stressful, just remember, just think, I'm only here for just a little while. I'm just here for a little while. Amen, Brother Wilson, if you could come. Amen, I'm only here for just a short time. I just have this little span, and you know, maybe it's 50 years, maybe it's 80 or 90 years, whatever the case is, I'm just here for a little while, amen, and I would encourage the child of God tonight to not lose faith, amen, that God has everything in control, and he's working everything out, amen, if you can just stick with Jesus for a little while longer, amen, that situation that you're struggling through right now will become a memory in the distant past of your mind. Amen. If we could just get with Jesus for a little bit, amen, and get in the kingdom of God, hallelujah, he will see us through. He will make a way for us. He will see a way through. Amen. Let's all stand, amen, this evening. Hallelujah. We're just here for a short while, church, just a short while. Treasure's not here. You can drive a nice car, and that's great. That's wonderful. You can have a beautiful house, and I wouldn't fault any one of you for doing that. But my treasure is not here 
It's not here. It's not in Cincinnati. I mean, it can't be found back in Canada. There's no place that I can drive in the United States where I will find, amen, my home because it's not here. I can't drive there. I can't fly there. I can't take a boat there. There's no way to get there but to get in with Jesus Christ, amen, and to get my heart right with him and to get in the kingdom of God and take some ownership in my relationship with him, with him. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's sing tonight. Let's sing. Hallelujah. Let's sing. Let's be encouraged. Amen. That we're just here for a little while. All I know, I can know this without a shadow of doubt. I'm not there yet. I am not there yet. I am not there yet. Hallelujah. Take everything. Take everything. This is not where I belong. All I know. I'm not home yet. This is not where I belong. Take this world and give me Jesus. This is not where I belong. All I know and all I know is I'm not home yet. This is not where I belong. Take Sing it like you mean it, church. Sing it like you mean it. Hallelujah. If you haven't gotten in with Jesus, now's a great time. Now's a great time to get in with Jesus. Hallelujah. I am not home yet. I have not yet found the place where I belong. Hallelujah. Take everything this world has to offer. Give me Jesus. Give me Jesus. Give me Jesus. Give me Jesus. Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Not 
And he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain. And he showed me that great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God. Having the glory of God and her light was like to a stone most precious, even like as jasper, clear as crystal, and had a wall great and high and had 12 gates. It had the gates of 12 angels and the names written thereon, which are the names of the 12 tribes of the children of Israel. On the east, three gates. On the north, three. South, three. And west, three. And the walls of the city had 12 foundations. And in them were named the 12 tribes, the 12 apostles of the Lamb. And all these wonderful things that God has created for us, all these wonderful things, these precious stones, amen, that John has used, Amen. We can behold little bitty stones that we might see in a, a little piece of jewelry, but these are incredible, massive things that are used to block whole gates. And this is what God has spent his time creating for you and for me. In but a moment, he spoke the earth and the universe into existence, and he has spent all this time preparing a place Hallelujah. for you and there are no words that I could utter from my mouth that would even come remotely close to explaining the great place that God has for his children. Amen. I want you to be encouraged tonight to press on. Keep your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. This is only but for a little while church. It is only but for a little while that we're here on this earth and there's a great place waiting for us when we get over there. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Take this world, Lord, but give me Jesus. Take this world, but give me Jesus. Take this world, but give me Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's sing it one more time as we're dismissed in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. All I know, yes, and all I know is I'm not home yet. This is not where I belong. Take this world, but give me Jesus. This is not where I belong. All I know is I'm not home yet. This is not where I belong. Take this world, but give me Jesus. Hallelujah. This is not where I belong. Hallelujah. We give you praise tonight, Lord Jesus, for your many blessings upon your children. God, for your protection and for the ways that you make for us, God. God, I pray that the affairs of this life, the trials and struggles that we face, would not overcome, hallelujah, our sight of you. God, I pray that you would be ever-present before us. God, you would be ever-present before our eyes. Through all life situations and circumstances that would try to cloud or get in the way of our sight of you tonight for someone that's struggling, Jesus, give them a little taste of heaven, God. Pour out your spirit upon them. Jesus. Encourage them tonight, I pray in Jesus' name. And keep your children as we go from this place. God, let the rest of this week be one filled with blessing. Be one that's filled with your presence and your power and your spirit. And the church said a mighty amen. amen. And the church said a mighty amen.